One of the most important and widely discussed ideas in the classical world is beauty. Ancient philosophers like Socrates, Aristotle, and Cicero viewed the admiration of beauty as foundational to a meaningful, fulfilled, and ordered life. In the Greco-Roman world, beauty was understood as the cornerstone of not only art and poetry, but even disciplines as varied as spirituality and mathematics. While beauty itself was considered to be a universal force, a look into ancient traditions can see it expressed in many different ways. One of the most famous short stories in Greek and Roman mythology is that of the god Apollo and his love for the nymph Daphne. This story tells of a woman with wild, natural beauty. Apollo's attempt to capture and keep that beauty for himself, and an unexpected ending with a strong message teaching how best to love and admire wild beauty without holding it captive. This myth then, as we'll see, not only teaches us of beauty as an abstract concept, but rather provides wisdom useful, both in admiring beauty from afar and in honoring each other in interpersonal relationships. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. The story of Apollo and Daphne takes place in the earliest times of Greek culture as Apollo celebrates his victory over the python, a vicious serpent so large that its body is said to have weaved through the many mountains of Greece. The story begins as Apollo, the god of light, prophecy, and healing, among others, marks Delphi, the place where he slayed the python, as sacred. As Apollo finishes gathering the hundreds of arrows with which he fought the beast, he begins a celebration of his victory with the other gods. Among them is the god of love, known to the Greeks as Eros, or to the Romans as Cupid. Of course, for anyone familiar with those names, the immediate image is likely of a young god with a bow in hand whose arrows are imbued with the power of love. Now Apollo, especially confident after his victory, boasts to Cupid. Mischievous boy, what are a brave man's arms to you? That gear becomes my shoulders best. My aim is sure. I wound my enemies, I wound wild beasts, my countless arrows slew. But now the bloated python, whose vast coils across so many acres spread their blight. You and your loves, you have your torch to light them. Let that content you, never claim my fame. Cupid, in turn, meets the overconfident Apollo's challenge with one of his own. Your bow, Apollo, may vanquish all, but mine shall vanquish you. As every creature yields to power divine, so likewise shall your glory yield to mine. 
Cupid flies to the top of the holy Mount Parnassus, where Apollo battled the python, and readies two arrows. The first, made of gold, holds the power to make anyone mad with love, and the second, lead arrow, has the opposite effect, causing the heart to grow cold to the passions. The golden arrow flies through the air, piercing Apollo. The second, Cupid, sends deep into the forest, targeting a beautiful woman of the woods, Daphne. Cupid's lead arrow finds the beautiful young Daphne deep in the heart of the forest, delighting in its hidden beauty. The free-spirited daughter of a river god, Daphne cared not for romantic love. Cupid's lead arrow only solidifies Daphne's disregard for romance as she pledges herself to a life of virginity despite her parents' wishes that she would marry. Beautiful in her freedom, the Roman writer Ovid describes Daphne's long, flowing hair held loosely in place by a careless ribbon her shining eyes and the blush of her cheeks. Daphne's beauty is a reflection of the wild and free, untamed beauty of nature itself. And it is this wild, feminine beauty which overcomes Apollo when Cupid's arrow strikes. Ovid writes, He sees the loose disorder of her hair and thinks... What if it were neat and elegant? He sees her eyes shining like stars, her lips, but looking's not enough. Her fingers, hands, her wrists, her half-bare arms, how exquisite, and sure, her hidden charms are best. Apollo is overcome by love for Daphne as quickly as a single spark overcomes a dry field with fire. As one of the most important Greek gods, Apollo embodies order, truth, and light. But here, the power of love separates Apollo from the rationality which usually governs his actions. Instead, Apollo steps into his shadow, overcome by a desire to control Daphne and to force her into his vision. Apollo chases relentlessly after Daphne, who flees ever faster. The god lists his many accomplishments, tells Daphne that he is Apollo, the great archer, the great healer, who moves the sun across the sky, and who slayed the great python. But the daughter of the forest is only further scared by his pursuit. But as Daphne flees through the woods she has known her entire life, she only appears more beautiful. Enchanting still she looked, her slender limbs, bare in the breeze, her fluttering dress blown back, her hair behind her streaming as she ran, and flight enhanced her grace. Apollo's pursuit of Daphne grows closer, like a hunt. He nearly catches her ankle, but both the man and woman are propelled by a higher power. Apollo's chased by love, and Daphne's flight by fear. The chase leads to the edge of the forest, marked by the river Pneus, the river over which Daphne's father, as a minor god, rules. 
As Daphne reaches the water, Apollo barely behind, she lets out a desperate cry to her father. Daphne begs the river god to take away her beauty, which she's come to see as a curse. And while Daphne's beauty is not destroyed, she does undergo a radical change. As soon as she enters the river, Daphne's skin turns to bark. Her arms become branches and leaves grow in place of her hair. Shortly, Daphne's beauty is all that remains of her former self as she is transformed into a laurel tree. And still caught in the heat of passion, Apollo finally catches Daphne, not yet recognizing her transformation. Apollo feels the warmth of Daphne's heartbeat beneath the wood, runs his hands over the bark, moves to kiss the leaves. Then, in a brief instant, Apollo finally wakes from his trance. As even the branches of the laurel recoil from him, drawing back to avoid his touch. It is only then that Apollo understands. No matter how long he would pursue her, he could never capture Daphne's love. It is with this understanding that beauty is something to be admired, not possessed, that Apollo makes a proposal to Daphne. My bride, he said, since you can never be, at least, sweet Laurel, you shall be my tree. My lyre, my locks, my quiver you shall wreathe. You shall attend the conquering lords of Rome when joy shouts triumph and the capital welcomes the long procession. You shall stand beside Augustus' gates, sure sentinel on either side, guarding the oak between. My bow is ever young, my locks unshorn, so keep your leaves proud glory ever green. Daphne, hearing this, pauses. Then, gently, she lowers her branches, as though bowing her head, saying, Yes. Apollo places her in a place of honor, with laurel leaves decorating the heads of Olympic champions, kings, poets, beauties, and nobility ever since, with even the occasional hipster flower crown thrown in. Finally recognizing that Daphne's natural, wild, and free beauty was never his to capture and possess, Apollo can finally give Daphne the place of honor that she deserves, appreciating and honoring her beauty in a way to which she consents. The story of Apollo and Daphne is a relatively short and straightforward one, especially by Greek and Roman standards. Yet this short tale is densely packed with meaning. The proud Apollo, whose ordered, rational mind conquers terrifying beasts, is still powerless against the force of love, showing us that our seemingly best-laid-out plans must still account for emotion. And while this story tells of love's power, 
It also warns of its dangers when it is not properly aimed. The myth's conclusion, which could well have been a tragedy, becomes something beautiful, as Apollo learns to love without possession and to honor beauty without stifling it. The message is especially profound because of the many levels at which it applies. Apollo's desire to control Daphne is a danger mirrored in many relationships at the personal level, but also echoed in society by systems of rules which seek to control absolutely everything, absolutely completely. Apollo learns some things are best not left controlled. Likewise, Apollo's judgment being overruled by his desire for Daphne is mirrored in the human mind as one recognizes that problem-solving based purely on logic and order will fail if it does not account for one's emotions and true feelings. The two warnings of this story, to avoid overconfidence and to avoid jealous possession, are resolved in the same way, by honoring others, just as Apollo honors Daphne's beauty by placing the laurel in such a revered place. It is only when Apollo makes the decision to honor Daphne that her true beauty can be appreciated by the world. In honoring Daphne's beauty in the way that she desires, Apollo is able to glorify her, and in doing so, also makes his own symbols more beautiful. Thank you for joining in this shorter, yet still packed full of depth, beautiful Greek and Roman story of Apollo and Daphne. I've really been enjoying everyone coming along and uh, joining on this journey through the world. I appreciate it. If you're new here, then leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Check out the backlog. There are plenty of playlists, some beautiful things that I hope you'll enjoy. If you're in a place where you can and you feel like supporting the channel, we do our Patreon. And that also gives you access to an exclusive community on Discord and a uh, nice little blog as well where you can see some of my thoughts that don't quite make it into this essay form. I'd like to wish you the best, and I hope to see you next time as we journey to the East. <laughs>